This is Top Shop Podcast. Top Shop Podcast. Top Shop Podcast. Podcast for automotive service business owners by Paul Donahue. Once again, we are here in beautiful, sunny Orlando uh, at the uh, MAP conference and have a real special guest. I was researching the guy on the plane on the way here, Ron Shannis. Uh, Ron has got over five decades (laughs) <laughs> Going to retire anytime soon? <laughs> Don't have any plans to. <laughs> Five decades of experience in this industry. So you want to talk about being able to give some insight to some repair shop owners. He's an experienced professional with 50 years of experience as in sales management, operations, team building. He's got a strong background in account management, customer retention, and new business development. Ron's worked in various roles, including vice president of director of business and channel development at today's class and vice president of strategic planning and development for today's class. Real quick, tell the listeners about today's class. What is today's class? Todaysclass.com, folks. Today's class is an acknowledgement that learners today learn differently than was assumed all along. We were all exposed to learning since kindergarten forward, and it's always been done in that format. Learners today, especially in our industry with the demands in the, in the workspace, don't really have the opportunity or the inclination to make those types of time investments. Okay. And we've evolved a platform that leverages valid adult learning techniques, as well as the digital world that we all live in. We all have one of these in our pockets yep. to deliver training in shorter, more digestible bursts. Okay. We are an ATMC, ASE accredited training provider. We're not a startup. We've right. been in this industry for over 20 years. 20 years. Okay. We began as an instructor led organization. We had about 80 trainers that fanned out across the country under contract for AC Delco. And I'm sure for others, that was before my time with the company. Oh. We evolved a traditional learning management system. I like to call those books under glass and and the information (laughs) available with those types of e-learning experiences is very valid information. It's and, and it's valuable. The issue is those books aren't getting read as frequently by the audiences that they're targeted to. Okay. So we train in three to five minutes a day. Sounds easy. And it is where adoption can be achieved on the part of a shop, three to five minutes a day. And unlike other training modalities, we're very, very focused on the business objectives of the clients that we serve. Okay. Now, that's not to dissuade discretionary learning. We think that's great. Right. Okay. If you want to learn about some technology in the automotive vertical that your shop currently doesn't service, maybe your shop isn't equipped to do static calibration of ADAS. We don't want to frustrate that learning experience. Right. But by the same token, that three to five minutes of training that we deliver on a daily basis, we want to be relevant to the shop and most importantly, relevant to the shop's desire to achieve its business objectives. So we wanted to support those business objectives and we're highly effective in delivering on that promise. Now on the back end, the operator, whether that be an independent or it be an enterprise operation with hundreds of locations, is able to avail themselves of an incredible amount of leverageable, useful data that they can employ to guide additional training spend, 
coaching okay. employees towards better and better success in the workplace, okay. et cetera. All right. We also provide assessment, but it's different than assessment is typically construed. So with traditional training, you sit for a class, you get what you get out of it. Right. If you manage to regurgitate enough of what you got, you pass. Right. We don't assume that learners retain what it is they are exposed to. And that includes is, what they're exposed to through us. Which is based on research. <laughs> which is absolutely based on research. Yep. It's a thing called the forgetting curve. Yep. And as it's such, pretty sharp. <laughs> we re-up that learning when the system detects that their current competency has diminished. I see. Okay. Now, we accomplish that through the application of machine learning, artificial intelligence. AI, right. The thing that that allows us to do is to tailor the learning experience to the needs of the learner within the guardrails, if you will, or guidance of the shop's preferences relative to the training they want their people to establish competency within. Okay. And so to ATEX, for example, both learning about advanced vehicle management systems or ADAS or any of a plethora of systems on a vehicle right now may start out with the same curriculum. But the system will rapidly diverge them from one another because people come to the table with different strengths. Right. We want to acknowledge those strengths and focus on the gaps to close the gaps. Okay. And people can get more information on the website, right? Today's Absolutely. How do, how do you guys assist with a shop owner being able to find and retain good techs? So we assist in two ways. Okay. We assist in developing both technicians and service advisors. Okay. So in the case of a service advisor, quite often they're hiring attitude now because it's difficult to find people that are experienced. They're, right. There's been an exodus. Yes. And there's been an exodus among the senior uh, ranks of technicians as well. And while it's best to develop from within, often because of a headcount deficit, either in the front or the back of the shop, operators are on the market looking to bring the right person in to fill a specific need. We, for our clients, develop assessments that are specific to the skill sets that that applicant has to have competency in. Okay. And these assessments are tailor-made and can be given in a short period of time, 30 minutes or less, Okay. to inform the decision maker during the candidacy process while interviewing that client and give them a better understanding of where to dig deeper. Okay. Hence, it's not a personality inventory. There are plenty of those. Right. Available. Yeah. There's disc. There's all but kinds of personal skills assessment. specific. Okay. And, and is, can they be accessed on your website or is that something that? No, it's be, something okay, right. that we provide on a client by client basis. basis. Okay. All right. And while we have those templated for A through ATEX through general service technicians and service sure. advisors, quite often we're asked to develop something highly specific to a role with specific skill sets that they want to fill. Right, okay, all right. So the shop that's hiring a particular tech for a particular role, 
can, through your company, get the tried and tested and researched questions and answers that's going to tell them ahead of time. We'll compile those for them. For them, right. Okay. At, at a variety of levels of complexity, depending on how senior the role is. Right. And how has this helped the shop retain a, a better vetting process? Yeah, it's a better vetting process right. overall. Okay. It just gives them better information. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's certainly better than word of mouth. Sure. And it's... You know, I, I think all shop owners have had the experience of hiring someone that they thought was highly experienced. Maybe that individual was credentialed. I know I've done it on more than one occasion, right? Guy comes in, he's a graduate of a known uh, training program. He's achieved ASE master certification. Right. He's got a toolbox so tall you need oxygen to get a screwdriver out of the top compartment <laughs> because the air's thin up there. Right. <laughs> Problem is, doesn't know one end of that screwdriver from another. Right. That okay. can happen. Right. So while we're not perfect, we do give a pretty good indication of where an individual's strengths and weaknesses are. Okay. And that's of great assistance in making a decision. It's also for teams that use us a great assistance in determining where additional spend on training and development is required. We're highly affordable, but when you consider the costs of having someone in attend instructor-led training mm -hmm. or even take a course online for three hours or participate in virtual training, those costs extend beyond the monetary. Right. Sure, there's, there's costs sometimes for tuition. There's costs in lost business. Mm -hmm. Probably the biggest cost is to the technician themselves because they're not producing what drives their livelihood. And if you really think about it, the most costly aspect of that is the cost in customer experience when that set of hands aren't available. Throughput is affected. Mm -hmm. So if you can provide a means for people to train in a more non-disruptive fashion and for the data that's accrued on the back end to provide guidance relative to that additional spend, that's a win all the way around. So if you know that a given individual on your team is ready maybe to take their ASEs or is ready and could benefit your shop by attending a particular instructor-led offering at the local community college, that investment is more likely to bear fruit. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So that's a different answer I've heard to, to that question. I've heard, you know, you know, throw a, a monthly barbecue, you know, at your shop for your techs uh, after you close. I've heard all kinds of answers. So that's a unique one. A better vetting process. Of course, a lot of shop owners are having a hard time even finding people to apply. But, you know, once you do, you want to be able to, sh you want to be sure you've got the right candidate. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Uh, okay. Anyway, so let me get to these last questions here. Sure. How important is MAP to today's class? It's extremely important. Look, we're, we're dealing with bringing on the next generation of yes. technicians. Yep. Because a lot of the master techs now are at retirement age. They're, yep. they're leaving the industry. And right. in my career, I've seen them leave with 
lesser changes in the technology. I remember when disc brakes came online, there were yeah. guys working for my grandfather <laughs> right. that said, disc I can't brakes. handle this. I more. remember drum brakes too. Right. I had a car with drum brakes. You know, in fact, drum brakes is an interesting one because we still include it in our curriculum, primarily in medium and heavy duty, but it is included in our curriculum. Sure. And it's often the least known. Yep. Because they're just not prevalent anymore. But, right. But I've seen guys hang up their toolboxes, right? I remember in, in 80, I think it was 81, when General Motors decided that they were going to uh, regulate air fuel ratio with a computer. And I think the first vehicle they put it on was, was a Vega. But boy, I'll tell you what, the, uh, the industry just freaked out, right? Right. They had to deal with a, with a serial data stream. What was that? Yeah. You know, and a lot of folks backed out of the profession. Well, we've disinvested largely as a society in the trades. You know, uh, I equated to the Russians sent up Sputnik, right. the first satellite, and all of a sudden everyone had to have a four year degree. Right. So we've disinvested in that. And as a result, we're reaping the, we're reaping the whirlwind now because people are aging out and people have not been incentivized to encourage folks to go into this profession. Okay. And, and as and, such, the profession has suffered. Right. And on the map side of the equation, the public has suffered because there have been fewer qualified people out there. Right. So map is important to your organization. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And how does it help you build trust with your customers? How does map help you build trust with your customers? With our customers directly, it doesn't because we're not dealing with the public. Okay. And MAP is public facing, right? MAP's public facing, yeah. AMRA. Yeah, AMRA, right. AMRA, facing, we right. encourage our clients who are the shops themselves to get to, involved to with get involved. AMRA. Right, okay. Because it serves them to right. be a part of an organization that encourages professionalism, that will provide them with insights into legislative initiatives that are going to affect their business, business whether right. they're aware of it or not, and provides technical training and standards mm -hmm. that affect not only their business, but also affect the way that their businesses are perceived by their customers. So in our relationship with AMRO MAP, uh, our service advisor training, for instance, is going to essentially put the uniform inspection communication standards into the hands of the service advisors. Right. So that that will be accessible to them and it will be part of the curriculums that support the training and development of service advisors. Mm -hmm. That's something that hitherto was impossible. It was available, but right. it only available on the MAP website. Who has time to do that? Right. But now, and I've got what I need. Yep. So that's been a huge effort between our two organizations, and we're ready to go to field with it now. Yeah. I think you just answered the last question. Why should other organizations join AMRA? Oh, my gosh. It's without a doubt the preeminent organization representing the industry. Representing the auto repair industry. Yes, yeah. I agree. So... That's the best answer I've got to that question. It, AMRA is the preeminent organization that for the auto repair industry that's setting the standards. So it will help get rid of this distrust when 
somebody goes to one shop and gets uh, quotes on this service and somebody goes to another shop and says, oh, they don't need all that. You only need this. So if there's standardization across the industry, that's really going to help build that trust back up with the public, which has been gone for some time now. I just go to uh, AMRA, A-M-R-A.org or motorist.org and uh, check out those websites, get signed up and then notify your web development company and tell them to put that trust badge on your website. Thanks. Ron, appreciate your time. For additional automotive resources and exclusive content, follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch all our episodes. Thanks again for joining us in the driver's seat, and we'll see you next time for another thrilling episode of Top Shop.